And welcome back to another edition of the yeah, Guys Podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm joined with Tony and Josh and Parker in a little bit. Tony, uh, we didn't have a lot of games to really go over. We just had that Army-Navy game, but uh, we can start with some college football news because I'm sure there's plenty to go around. And welcome to the college football award season. We got a lot of awards going on this this part of the year. We got a ton of honors being made. And uh, we'll start first. Definitely. So, Travis Hunter of Colorado has won the Paul Hornung Award for the most versatile player in college football. Uh, the next award goes to NC State's Peyton Wilson. He wins the Dick... Dick Budkus Award for Best Linebacker in the Country. He had 138 tackles, six sacks, one forced fumble, and three interceptions. Great year for him. Uh, Jaden Daniels, we'll talk about him. He's the award king. Um, he was named the AP Associated Press uh, Player of the Year. He beat out Penix and Knicks for the award. He was also the recipient for the Davey O'Brien Award for Best uh, Quarterback in College Football and also the recipient of the Walter Camp National Player Award uh, Year Award. Uh, we'll get to him in just a little bit as well. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. takes home the Fred Bolitnikoff Award for most outstanding receiver in college football. Uh, became the first Buckeyes since Terry Glenn in 1995 to do so. Um, next was Washington's Kalen DeBoer wins uh, Coach of the Year, 12-0 Conference Champs, and a uh, or excuse me, 13-0 with the conference title win and a college football playoff spot secured. So well deserved for him. Um, Notre Dame's Xavier Watts has won the Bronco Nagurski Award for Nation's Top Defensive Player, first Irish player to win that award since Manti Teo in 2012. He had 47 total tackles, one four-horse fumble, one fumble recovery, seven interceptions, and had a fumble uh, return for a touchdown against USC and Caleb Williams. Uh, UCLA's Liatu Latu wins the Hendrick Award as college football's defensive end of the year. He had 49 total tackles, 13 sacks, two forced fumbles, and two interceptions. Just a dog. Uh, he also won the winner of the Lombardi Award for the College Football's Lineman of the Year. So great year for him. Oklahoma State's Ollie Gordon III wins the Doak Walker Award for Best Running Back in the Country. Finished with 1,614 rushing yards and 20 touchdowns. And had at least seven games with 120 rushing yards or more. Uh... Also, Michael Penix did get uh, a little of an award there. He got the Maxwell Award, which kind of is a little bit confusing because that was also kind of the description of that of that is like player of the year. So I'm not exactly sure how that kind of differs from some of the other ones, but maybe it's like a Maxwell Foundation or voters or something like that. But anyways, back on to uh, more news. Uh, Georgia tight end Brock Bowers has won the John Mackey Award for the best tight end. 56 receptions, 714 yards, and six touchdowns despite missing three games with that ankle injury. Um, Oregon's Bo Nix has won the Campbell Trophy for being the top football scholar athlete, which is a combination of academics, community service, and on-field performance. So good for him. Uh, the big, big news, Jaden Daniels it was the 2023 Heisman Trophy winner. Congratulations to him. Became just the third player from LSU to win the award, Billy Cannon in 1959, and of course Joe Burrow uh, a couple years ago in 2019. Uh, he had 4,946 total yards and 50 total touchdowns. Um, we'll take a look at the 
voting because that voting was a little bit interesting. So number one was Jaden. He finished with over 2,000 votes. Second was Penix with 1,701. Bo Nix was third. Marvin Harrison was fourth. Jordan Travis was fifth. So kind of what maybe could, what could have been for him. Uh, six was Jalen Milrow. Seven was Ollie Gordon, the third. Uh, eighth was Cody Schrader, the running back from Missouri. Blake Corum from Michigan was ninth. And J.J. McCarthy from Michigan was tenth. So that's the top ten there. Also, I think there was one more award that I didn't announce that had, I think it was someone from Air Force. Oh, yeah, Trey Taylor uh, won the Jim Thorpe Award for Best Defensive Back. So congratulations to him. Kind of cool to see an Academy player win an award. Um, Also, some news. Confirmed game day in Dublin, Ireland on August 24th, 2024, as Florida State will play Georgia Tech in Dublin. So pretty cool there. Um, And then we'll kind of get into some more uh, normal news here. Oregon has landed Sooner transfer Dylan Gabriel through the portal. He'll He'll be set to take Nix's place next year. Um, USC's wide receiver Brendan Rice has declared for the draft. Son of NFL great Jerry Rice will forego his last year of eligibility. He had just under 800 yards and 12 touchdowns this past season, um, which was good for seventh most among receivers in the country. So honestly, a really good kind of under-the-radar season for him. Um, Number one offensive tackle commit Jordan Seaton, a five-star number one offensive tackle recruit of the 2024 ESPN 300 has chosen Colorado. So Deion Sanders definitely finally, finally getting some help up front. He chose uh, the Buffaloes over Bama, Florida, Tennessee, and Ohio State. Also, this was um, just a couple of days ago. Ohio State duo Kyle McCord and Julian Fleming are expected to vi- visit Nebraska this week. A little bit of an interesting decision there for them both, but I guess see what you got to do. Uh, there's also a big Deion Sanders effect. Uh, according to Visit Boulder, which is Boulder, Colorado, um, Colorado's home games generated an estimated $113.2 million in economic local impact during this past season. So that was huge for them. Uh, Minnesota defensive coordinator Joe Rossi is set to join Michigan State and have the same role there in 2024. Spent the last four years with the Gophers, so kind of moving on up, I guess. Uh, but yeah, um, also some more recruiting help for the Buffaloes. Uh, Deion Sanders lands 2024 four star wide receiver Draylon Miller, who chose uh, the Buffaloes over LSU, USC, Miami, and Texas AM. North Carolina quarterback Drake May has declared for the NFL draft. He will forego his final year of eligibility to take the next step. He is also a contender for the number one overall pick, finished his career with. Just over 8,000 passing yards and had 63 touchdowns in his time at North Carolina. Former Duke quarterback Riley Leonard announces on social media that he is committing to the University of Notre Dame. Uh, He almost helped Duke upset them this past season, but now he wants to join the Fighting Irish and uh, could be their possible next starter next year, so very interesting there. Uh, Ohio State running back Chip Trainum will be transferring to Kentucky, a transfer from Arizona State two years ago and finished this past season with 373 yards and three touchdowns on 85 carries. He did appear in all 12 games, but I think it's likely he just wants to be a little bit more involved. So, obviously, I think, you know, just go. 
Uh, former Miami quarterback Tyler Van Dyke has announced that he will be transferring to Wisconsin. He uh, altogether threw for 7,478 yards and had 54 touchdowns with the Hurricanes over three seasons. So he's going to go be a Badger. Uh, got a couple more here. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody has said she is launching an investigation into the college football playoff selection committee over the decision to leave unbeaten and conference champion FSU out of their top four. Uh, I don't really know why at this point why you would do that, but I guess you got to do it. And then finally, uh, really cool news. Uh, Notre Dame offensive tackle Joe Alt has declared for the draft. Kind of looking him up a little bit. He's a three-year starter and considered one of the best linemen in the country. A four-time All-American honor and has allowed just one sack on 368 pass sets this past season. So really, really good job. Uh, he's just 20 years old, and he's set to be a, a high first-round pick this upcoming draft. So he could be a really, be a, a really, really good young player for an NFL franchise. But those are the news for this week, and uh, definitely on a breath and welcome back uh tony that is uh some awesome stuff there uh we're not going to be predicting any college games this week i took I, I took a look at the schedule and there was just not a lot of intriguing matchups i know there's maybe some good games out there but then there's also some players that are playing um so we might get into some games next week and then we obviously have the playoffs uh starting in a couple weeks but uh, we can go over our predictions uh, and see where we all stand before the playoffs because we gotta we gotta refine our knowledge, we gotta predict, and we gotta get them right, and we gotta go for the title. So we'll start with Tony. Tony, in the regular season, you had forty-eight correct. Wow. Okay. Next up, Josh, you had forty-six correct. Nice. Myself, nice. I had. 47. Correct. And last but not least, Parker, you had 44. So we are all there. We're all very close to each other. It's, you know, the time's coming where we got to get our picks right. So, you know, you know where you stand and that, what, what you have to do to get the title. Um, and that's, that's going to do it for our college sector of uh, the podcast. I don't have much, much more. Uh, we can hop over to the NFL side where we had some Week 14 action. We'll start with the, I think it was technically an upset. Yeah, Pittsburgh was favored to win by six points on Thursday Night Football. But here comes Bailey Zappi. Here comes the revitalized Ezekiel Elliott. 21-18, the Patriots take the road win. Um, just a lot of drama in, uh, in Pittsburgh. It's getting ugly over there. Um, going into the Sunday slate, we had the Buccaneers take down the Falcons 29 to 25. And then Parker, we'll stop with you with this one. The Bears get their revenge on the Lions. The Bears had the Lions the last time they played. They just weren't able to finish the game. But this time at home, they beat the Lions. They crushed the Lions, to be honest. 28 to 13. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like I always joke around about, you know, taking the North and uh, never giving it back. But like honestly, right now, I, I would like to hear a, a good argument to, uh, you know, who the best team in the division is right now because you could make an argument that it's the Bears. Uh, defensively, our defense looks really, really good. Uh, top, uh, now this is all says Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat is, is our defense right now. And, uh, I mean, this guy, I didn't think too highly of him when he came over, but, I mean, this dude's a dog. He's an animal. He's I would say is one of the 
one of the more elite pass rushers right now. Uh, this dude's tearing it up. Uh, but since he's come to this team, we are first or second. I, th- I think it's first in uh, run defense, and we are, I think, fifth in pass defense. Uh, we lead the league in takeovers since he's or uh, turnovers uh, since he's uh, come. And uh, I mean, this this defense is playing pretty much lights out against a really good Lions offense. Back to back times playing them, uh, you know, pretty lights out. Uh, you could count that you know, at the end of that game that that fall apart. Uh, they allowed some touchdowns, but uh, they've been playing pretty dang good. Uh, one of the best teams right now. I think. It's a back-to-back game-winning streak, which is the first time since 2021, which is something I don't know if I would ever dream about, uh, you know, in my life for the last couple of years. But, um, you know, definitely uh, was a, a beatdown. Uh, we may not own the North, but we definitely own Detroit still. Uh, I mean, they uh, they do not look very good. Um, hearing Dan Campbell talk, you know, after the game, um, he sounded... Not, I don't know if I want to say defeated, but he didn't sound too hyped up, wrapped up like he normally is. And obviously coming off a loss, but uh, they haven't looked very good the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, the Bears looked good. Fields had a very good game. Uh, zero turnovers, uh, running the ball very efficiently, uh, passing the ball pretty good as well. Uh, 200 yards, uh, touchdown, a rushing touchdown. And then we'll get to DJ Moore, who's, Honestly, Ben, man, this guy has been an all-star this year. One of the best receivers in the league. Uh, took his first rushing touchdown in uh, to, uh, you know, opening uh, the scoring. Made some unbelievable catches. Uh, my favorite play of the game, fourth and 13. I uh, decided to run out there and go for it. But uh, the Lions were playing a defense, which Fields recognized right off the bat. There was no intent to stop that ball. Uh, but... From the defense that they lined up in, uh, the safety was coming down, and they were going to be playing one on one with DJ Moore on the outside. Which uh, I don't know why they, they would in deep, but it would just to uh, make it 22 13 at that point in time. And then our uh, defense, another three turnovers, I believe, two interceptions, one fumble recovery. Uh, very good game. Uh, Flus has somehow coached his job off of the hot seat. I, I think it's fair enough to say that that he's not on the hot seat anymore as much as I like, like to just absolutely, you know, just bring this guy down to the ground. But, I mean, he's, as far as I'm concerned, he's not on the hot seat. Uh, Pauls, he's not on the hot seat either. Uh, looking at these guys that he's brought in, um, Moore and uh, Montez Sweat be a trade, both of them, uh, you know, we give him flack for the for the Chase Claypool trade, but when you look at these two trades, you know it, it's it's hard to find any negatives about the the uh, trade that he made. And um, you know the the trade that that got DJ Moore here also gave us another pick uh, that is currently first overall pick in the draft next year. So it's like the Bears have uh, broke uh, you know broke the uh, trading. Uh, in this league, almost like a Madden, just trading for the first overall pick next year uh, with the worst team. And, you know, we're getting it. I mean, we could do it again <laughs> if we wanted to. We could trade that first overall pick and get some uh, more picks. I know I'm talking I'm talking offseason already here, but uh, got me excited. I know we are battling for a playoff spot, which is crazy to say. We are the, we're dead last, but uh, if, if there's a will, there's a way. 
all these losing teams right now are showing that they're not really playoff teams, uh, losing games, Packers losing, Seahawks losing. Those are people in front of us um, that are just losing. And uh, if the Bears win out, which is a tall task to ask them, um, and a couple of some other teams lose and so things like that. But I've been saying uh, to uh, uh, you know, you guys at this league, at least in the NFC side right now, it's a lot of mediocrity. And you can see down the, the playoff list when you have uh, you know, six and seven teams in playoff spots and a five and eight team that is not currently out of a playoff spot um, says a whole lot about kind of the direction of what's going on right now. But, um, you know, in this game in general, um, I thought it was good. Uh, I'd like to see my team beat a division rival and not only that but the the team that's leading the division right now uh the quote-unquote best in the league but our uh, best in the division but um yeah it was a good game big beat down um you know the lions want they want to say that they you know are the king of this and king of that but uh they're really not so they're just big phonies they're they're like the uh like the lion from the wizard of oz he's another real lion from the wizard of oz with uh with no courage so That's interesting. Yeah, you don't you do not want to play the Bears right now if uh, you're a oh, team in front of them. Peppa yes, Peppa. Peppa's right. Um Tony, you're you're up next with your Bengals. Um your team are a little bit closer uh, right now to a playoff spot and maybe you're you're eyeing some um, you know, potential for a wild card, something like that. But the Bengals are now seven and six with this win over the Colts, thirty four to fourteen. Um, if you want to get into that one. Definitely. Our uh, our defense really stepped up, I think, in this game. Uh, technically, we only allowed seven points defensively. Obviously, their uh, their second touchdown was a pick six, which was really tough at the time. We got off to a really great start, you know, getting Chase, Chase Brown on that huge touchdown pass. Um, that was really nice to watch. Um, and Mr. Browning, I think, had a, had a really nice game again besides the pick six. I, like, if you take that away, I mean, he really had another flawless game, I would say. The defense, kind of similar to Parker's Bears, our defense played really, really well. We got three sacks. Um, Trey Anderson had two of them, um, and B.J. Hill had a big interception that uh, when Indianapolis was kind of like inside our own 35, so that kind of helped stall out a drive. Also, Indianapolis, I believe, missed a field goal. But, um, yeah, just not a whole lot, I guess, to say, other than just a, a really important win, I guess. And uh, moving on, um, I know we we uh, we got a little matchup uh, next week there, um, so we'll have to see how we uh, how we go. But another win, another Jake Browning, good performance, and happy with that. Yeah, we have a battle on Saturday coming up. Kind of an interesting uh, a schedule here coming up. But uh, moving on, we have Joe Flacco rising from the dead and leading the Browns to a thirty-one to twenty-seven victory um, over the Jaguars. Both teams are now eight and five. Um, the Saints at home taking care of business against the Panthers. When I say take care of business, I mean, you know, in the fourth quarter, you know, scoring two touchdowns. But before that, it was it was embarrassing. The Saints have some major, major issues. They they ended up winning 28-6, to six, but um, I just, oh my gosh, it's it's going to be a rough, rough ending for the Saints here. Um, next up, we have the Jets getting uh, their fifth win of the season against the, the ailing Texans who, who lose their quarterback. They lost their wide receiver, Tank Dell, last week, and Nico Collins goes out. Uh, early in the game, and then uh, C.J. Shroud leaves uh, late in the game as well uh, with the concussion. We can talk about that a little later, but uh, the Jets take it at home 30-6. to uh, The Ravens, in a, in a very good game, I think this is 
going to be up there for game of the year candidates. Uh, in the rain, a lot of points being scored. 37-31, the Ravens win with a walk-off punt return touchdown. Um, I think we we saw that week one with the uh, the Jets, so that's that's pretty cool to see. Um, yeah, I had a couple things on Matt Stafford that I do want to talk about a little bit later. But uh, moving on, we had the Vikings beating the Raiders three to zero. Pulling up my thoughts for this one, you know, there's there wasn't a lot of things to get excited about with the offense. Josh Dobbs um, got the start, and Josh Dobbs will not have to start uh, next week. So that should tell you a lot about what happened in this game. Uh, no downfield passing for this for this passing game with Josh Dobbs. Um, it seems like when his first read is not there, he's looking uh, to run or he's just not looking. And, you know, he gets sacked. You know, the offensive line did play fairly well either. So a lot of it goes on them. Uh, Max Crosby was able to live in the backfield that entire game. Um, but just when the opportunities were there, uh, Dobbs was not able to get the ball down the field. Um, and that's part of the reason why we're making a quarterback change. We can talk about that a little later, but yeah, poor O-line play, poor quarterback play. Uh, we were able to run the ball efficiently a little bit here and there, but we just weren't able to get any, any passing yards from those effective runs. Uh, we did face a lot of drops as well. So some uncharacteristic things, um, our right guard, uh, Ed Ingram did not play in this one. Um, and eventually Brian O'Neill. Uh, basically got ran out of the building, uh, getting injured towards the end there. And I don't think uh, he's going to be playing this Saturday. Uh, Ed Ingram looks to be coming back. But uh, yeah, a little bit banged up on that offensive line. We weren't able to generate much offense, as you can tell, with the three on the scoreboard. Um, but defensively, it's just been uh, awesome to watch the development of some of these young players, uh, specifically guys like uh, Ivan Pace, who I've just been on um, since the start of training camp. Uh, he brings so much energy at the linebacking position. Um, and then Josh would tell us these two players uh, right now are the highest graded defenders uh, by position. Right now it's Miles Garrett at the top, Dexter Lawrence, and then you have Ivan Pace. Then you have Ladarius Sneed, and then you have Josh Batellis. Um, Two guys that are super, super young in Brian Flores' system, and Flores is doing such a good job of um, getting them to play at high levels. Um yeah, and Metellus was in the system last year, and with a really bad system, you weren't able to see guys flourish. And now with more of an aggressive style defense that I've been begging for, uh, finally able to see some guys make plays. Um, and Ivan Pace, with that interception to seal the game, uh, does a little bit backflip in the end zone, which was kind of cool. So um, outstanding team defense. Obviously, the offense we're going up against is broken, possibly, but still um, haven't seen a shutout. Uh, for my team in a long time. So uh, that was fun. And then um, Makai Blackman, he's continuously improved. Um, I think I have something here, but uh, maybe I don't. Oh, actually, I do. Uh, top five graded defensive rookies through 14 weeks. We have Jalen Carter at the top at number one, Devon Witherspoon at uh, number two, Will Anderson number three. Then we have Makai Blackman um, at number four, and then Ivan Peace at number five. So some of these young guys are just flourishing in Brian Flores' system. And it's going to be tough to see Flores go if he does take a head coaching gig. Um, but it seems like we now know the recipe to get some of these guys activated. This is just the aggressiveness that we need to be playing with, uh, which we are. So it's been fun to watch our defense. Um, other than that, uh, nothing too much to write all about in a 3 nothing game. Um, nothing. Yeah, I didn't have much, much after this one. So 
Uh, the Vikings go to seven and six. The Raiders have a quick turnaround on Thursday. They go to five and eight. Uh, they do lose Josh Jacobs, by the way, uh, in this game. So that's uh, tough for them. Moving on, we have the Niners at home beating the Seahawks. Seems like we say that all the time now, 28 to 16. Uh, then we have some drama, but the Bills uh, outlast the Chiefs 20 to 17. Stay on sides, Kadarius, please. Um, and then we have the Broncos taking down the Chargers. Chargers taking a big blow. Uh, I don't know if their chances of making the playoffs were, were even there, but uh, they go down to the Broncos 24-7 to at home. Uh, we just have a broken team there in L.A. And then the Cowboys uh, providing uh, the, the NFL uh, reasons why they might be the top team with an MVP caliber, caliber quarterback with their dominating win 33-13. to uh, Josh, we're going to stop with you uh, on this one. Uh, 20 to 27, the Dolphins get upset at home uh, against the Titans. Yes, so much for the uh, Dolphins handling business against the teams they're supposed to. Uh, um, figured it would come out to bite me eventually. Uh, that's a, that was a textbook, same old Dolphins game, man. Um, I almost tried to not think about it, truthfully. It, it, it sucks. Um, it was like a, like a historic historic collapse right like teams were 0 767 when trailing by 13 points and under three minutes or something like that and we boil it and the thing is absolutely nobody is blameless in this game the offense sputtered the few touchdowns we did have came off of uh, a pick six um, I think there was, uh, like multiple turnovers and the, there was, no, there was a, a fumble, uh, by Tennessee within like their own 20, the Dolphins recovered and a muff hunt. They basically gifted the Dolphins 21 of their points. And we, like, we ran the ball well, completely abandoned it late. Or at least we couldn't run it late when we needed to. The offense, like I said, they just they sputtered. I mean, four out of five starting offensive linemen were out. We lost Connor Williams early, torn ACL after the season. That's a huge loss. Um, and so injuries are starting to pile up a little bit, which is it's frustrating. But the offense couldn't get it going. It feels like when we play teams that are really physical, we crumble personally. It's a combination between physicality and prime time spotlight games where I feel like they, they struggle a little more. Um, defense, also not blameless. Um, DeAndre Hopkins looked like he was in his prime. Will Levis looked way better than he should have. Um, basically... I mean, when you're up 14 or 13 with under three minutes, like, you just, I don't know. Like, I think it was play calling, and that falls on Vic Fangio, in my opinion. He just completely, I don't know, like, it was prevent defense, and we just let him walk down the field in a minute and a half. And, like, the like it was just a historic collapse, you know? Like, the defense just forgot how to play the last five minutes. Couldn't cover, couldn't generate a good pass rush. The offense, when we needed a first down to ice the game, couldn't get it. Uh, so it really sucks. 
Like, I I would love to have that game back. Um, try to stay positive. Hopefully, they like it makes them get it together. But I also feel like this is a game where like a lot of players need to need to get a stern talking to. And uh, I don't think Mike McDaniel's the kind of guy to do that either. So, um, frustrating. Uh, the reactionary part of me is like, oh my goodness, Tua can't make plays out of structure. He, you lay a pinky on him and he goes down. Tua's not the guy. Offensive line is trash. Like, like the reactionary take is we're the Lions of the AFC where we just crumble late in the season and we won't. <laughs> have any success in the playoffs but if you want to stay hopeful it's 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 incredibly frustrating and a really embarrassing loss so i hope the team can just learn from it and be better josh i don't mean to press you about it because you just mentioned it uh do you have any concern with tua when when tyreek is not there i know you take number one wide receivers out of any offense you're gonna see quarterback struggle but is is what happened on Monday, you think, is that just a one-off situation if Tyreek is not able to go? Or do you think, you know, if it was system-based? Well, I just want to know your thoughts on Tua if if Tyreek is not there, if timing is not there. Do you think he's a guy that can get it done in, in the offense? Well, um, I think he can, kind of, but, like, he's looked decent for most of the season. I saw a tweet last week about Tua's stats with Tyreek off the field. He had like a 70-something, 80-something percent completion percentage. Like his stats were overall good without Tyreek on the field. So I think it it is possible, but it's going to take some adjustments. I feel like uh, Waddle has like the potential to be really good. He has some drop problems, and, and Tua and Waddle, oddly enough, the college teammates don't seem to have the chemistry that Tyreek and Tua do in terms of, you know, in this coverage, I want you to do this. And so you see a couple of balls thrown from Tua that look really bad, and it's just because him and Waddle weren't on the same page. I feel like if they knew Tyreek was out going into the week, I feel like they would be able to prep a little better. I like Tyreek going out is a huge loss, and I don't think we're nearly as good without him, but I think the issue with Tua and the Dolphins' scheme is it's more about his first read being there, regardless of whether or not that's Tyreek or not. If his first read is the tight end or Waddle or something like that, he he looks fine when the first read is there. But it feels like our offense right now is very first read, check down. Like, he's... Tua feels very average when his first read is taken away to me. And a lot of that, I think, does have to do with the offensive line. They can't protect for very long, especially the backups. Four out of five starters out is awful. And they're all decent in run blocking. I'll give them that. But the path pro was awful. Tua had... Tua had like Tua's pressure rate was 44%, which was the highest of the season. He had more sacks against the, he had he took more sacks against the Titans than the Bills or the Eagles game. So I think the whole first read thing is also thrown in with like 
the offensive line isn't blocking long enough for you to get past your first read. So it's it's a combination of issues, I think. But I, I don't know. I feel like he can at least be average and and get by with this, you know. And he's shown the flashes of being capable. Um, but I, I think it's it's a combination of issues. I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, but a guy like Tyree Kill, he's quite literally irreplaceable. One of one. So yeah, I I was even surprised to see him play in the second half or whenever he did, and still get open. That guy's probably without any cartilage left in his ankle, but still runs faster than anybody on the field and creates twenty yards of separation, which is insane. Um. But yeah, moving on, we have the Giants, a.k.a. Tommy Cutlets' team, getting the win over the Packers 24-22 to um, at all. So that was kind of a fun one for the Giants. They weren't, they're, not, they're, um, they're not able to celebrate much this season, but uh, they were able to, you know, you know, I think Tommy DeVito's getting some personality in that team because it just seems like everybody's just right behind him um, rooting for him. So that's, that's fun to see. But um, any final thoughts on the week, Tony? I agree. I, I think uh, it was really cool to see Tommy's uh, agent there on the sideline and in the stands with his dad. I think we all kind of expected him to look exactly like that to a certain degree. I mean, the the top hat, the curled kind of flow back hair, the black suit. I mean, he looked he looked incredible. Um, yeah, the, the the Cowboys again. I mean, just enforcing kind of what they thought um, or kind of how they feel. I guess um, according like compared to the be- the rest of the league, that they are probably one of the top, if not one of the best. Um, Mr. Staley's butt is getting really, really hot, like you said. I think it's pretty much in flames at this point. Uh, there you go. Um, I thought the Seahawks did a, a really solid effort for what it's worth. I think we all thought that this game was going to be an absolute yikers. Um, they at least made it really competitive until the fourth. Um, and then the... Uh, the 49ers decided to ruin it. It just pull away, I should say. Um, definitely some concerns with the Texans moving forward. Um, with no CJ, no tank. Um, and now I'm just sitting at seven and six. It'll be really interesting to see kind of how this team reacts and moves forward the rest of the way because, as we know, they're kind of a young team and it really it, it could go one of two ways and we'll have to see how it goes. Um, yeah, Joe Flacco is really cool to see him win. Um, kind of have a vintage performance and stuff, but uh, that's really my kind of thoughts. Do you got any thoughts, Josh, for this week? Um, yeah, well, uh, with the Tommy DeVito thing, um, fun fact: uh, he is uh, he is Clemson wide receiver Troy Stilato's uncle, I believe, or something like that which is uh, kind of like a random fun fact. I saw a funny uh, funny like meme where they said that like every NFL team should have a third-string quarterback that's just like a local dude, you know? Like, you put Tommy DeVito up there in Jersey, and it's just like, feels right, you know? Right, it me. True. So that was pretty cool. That's like the only thing I wanted to mention, though. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um... Yeah, I had I had a few thoughts here. We'll start with the Eckler slander. Um, I think that goes into the media analysts of the world overreacting and reacting to the lows and reacting to the highs of 
whatever you see on Sunday and determining that that's the, the full-time thought on the player and it's never going to change. Everybody was talking about how Austin Eckler looks slow, this and that and this and that and this and that, and then he goes out, out in the field looking elusive, he looks fast and all that kind of crap. I I just don't understand how overreacting people are on the media. Um, oh, he's going to split carries. Oh, he's not looking the same. Oh, oh, this. Oh, yeah, okay. Why don't you go look at the tape, buddy? Uh, so that's that's the number one thing. It's just the overreaction from the media to me is just joke. Uh, ruins ruins the league for me. Um, for you know to see players like that get shot down for not being quick when you know the Chargers are a joke of a team. Uh, but Austin Eckler looks slow around the corner in Green Bay. Yeah, the entire team looked slow in Green Bay. Nobody had their footing. Aaron Jones literally almost tore his ACL on that same field. So why why don't we talk about that? Um, Moving on, Jared Goff against the Bears. That was kind of a joke. I know we talked about Jared Goff and how under pressure he just falls apart. And, I mean, can, can we say that he doesn't? If you watch any Jared Goff games, the second he is touched, he is down. And I think that's going to be um, the Lions' downfall, honestly. He, in the playoffs, I don't think he's going to be facing perfect protection. He, he's going to be facing a lot of pressure, especially after teams... Uh, see how some of these other teams like Chicago are, are beating them. They're they're winning on uh, the defensive line, and Jared Goff just has nowhere else to go uh, if you touch him. Uh, you can put weapons all around him, great running backs. It comes down to the quarterback making plays, and I think the Lions' downfall so far this year has just been Jared Goff not um, uh, reacting to pressure that well. So uh, we'll see how far it takes him, but um, there is a kink to that Lions armor, and uh, we can thank the Bears for exposing that. There we go, Parker. Um, moving on, we will talk about how the injuries for the Texans have kind of screwed up their season. Man, they they were in a cha- they were in a position to I, I think at least be in a wild card spot. I don't, I don't know if they're in a playoff spot right now. I'd, I'd have to check that. But just injuries to key players has just been devastating. I think even Will Anderson uh, is injured, so just kind of sad to see the Texans um, go down with injuries. We'll see what they can do on the field without those key players. I don't even think they'll have CJ Stroud. Um, or Nico Collins, and obviously Tank Dell is out, and then, like I said, Will Anderson. So just a lot of key pieces for that team going down uh, at a key part in the season. That sucks. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he is low-key putting together a really, really good season. I think I talked about him last week, but fantasy-wise, uh, I think he's the third-ranked quarterback uh, in the game. I don't know if uh, that's true or not, but I did hear something around that. He is uh, top in the league when it comes to uh, fantasy production at least but you know fantasy production is pretty similar to how quarterbacks really really play but um yeah Matthew Stafford deserves a lot of credit uh he is still the meat in my mind um do we potentially have a Bills season comeback they will be tested pretty hard here this weekend against the Cowboys but um they have mustered up a couple of uh nice wins so we'll see um where they where that can take them um and that Eagle secondary was a problem and it was a problem when we predicted the game. Um, I, I don't know if they'll have the same type of result as they did last year because of this. Um, they aren't able to cover it. A lot of teams are just exposing them um, in the air. So that's those are all the thoughts I had, Parker. Um, a lot on my list. Sorry about that. Um, what did you have? Um, I just want to uh, piggyback after Matthew Stafford uh, comments. You know, it's pretty easy when you got... Uh, you know, guys like Puka Nakua, who are absolutely balling out as well. This dude is playing so good right now. Um, 
I just wanted to shout him out because I think he's uh I think he's pretty good. But uh we can move on to um Josh's guy, uh, Raheem Mostert, who I know Rob, I talk uh, a lot about this guy because he's very underrated. I don't think anyone knows just what he's doing this season. He's he's second in the league in rushing and first in the league in rushing touchdowns, which is like kind of crazy because when you look and talk about running backs, like he's probably not even on like the top like you know ten list of getting paid or top fifteen or top twenty probably even and this dude is like really balling out um in that offense um yeah, yeah. real quick Raheem Bowster yeah uh RB two overall in fantasy this year and I believe this past week if he had if he didn't do it back this past week he'll do it this week probably uh tied or passed Ricky Williams for uh like all-time uh, rushing touchdowns in a season by Dolphins running back. Now he's at 16 right now, so that must be, he must be approaching something, yeah. But, that's, um, I just wanted to shout him out. Uh, that was, I just, he's on both my fantasy teams, and he's just, he's been very, a key contributor this year. Yeah, I've seen a lot of posts of, players uh that these fantasy league or not leagues but just like espn they they post a player they say blake percent of players have this player out of their league and uh they are making the playoffs or they're either you know weightless or something like that i'm sure anybody that has most or is making the playoffs this year uh their fantasy team so that's definitely a good pick especially where you picked them to i think it was like really really deep in the draft like really really deep it was like this the very like <laughs> yeah very like it was either, I think, like Mostert, or then we got into maybe like a rookie or a backup, and like Mostert is producing as if he's a top one tier right. running back, which he is. So, um, yeah, that's some good stuff. Do you have anything you want to go over with the news or injuries, anything like that? Well, um, I guess just some news that I can just look really quick. Uh, Keenan Allen, he is going to be out for the Chargers against the Raiders uh, for Thursday Night Football. Uh, Justin Jefferson, after the big injury scare, in that game, since he's going to play Saturday against the Bengals, despite the chest injury, uh, I know that was a pretty uh, brutal scene to watch. Um, what three or four plays into coming back, it was just like wow, like goodness gracious, it was a literal, I know, like hospital pass, like literally was. And he, you know, good thing that he's not like even more uh, banged up that he can come back and play again because um, Vikings need him all right now. Um, Obviously, we can talk about all that big kerfuffle at the end of the uh, Chiefs game with uh, Mahomes really showing that kind of, I don't know if you would want to say immature kind of side, I guess, complaining and yelling and screaming and just putting on a whole show. And I mean, he came on saying, yeah, it doesn't look good. I mean, he could do it. Yeah, it doesn't look good. I mean, that looked very bad. Um and it like obviously it was a penalty and there's been eleven of those called this year or something like that. It's been a it's been a, a, a long year with the refs and the penalties and with their right and wrong and when they're right, which is very slim, it seems like they still get uh, you know, kinda crapped on anyway. But uh Belichick is queen questionable, uh, I don't know, ties with the future of the uh, Pat's organization, um, and just a, a classic Bel- Belichick response to when he was asked about those 
remember she said uh, he's just getting ready for the Chiefs. So <laughs> we'll see how that game goes. Hopefully that they win so they can uh, uh, further eliminate themselves from the first overall pick uh, contention. Uh, for me, that'd be really great. Um, we have some injuries I know in my game. Uh, Jarek Willis, uh, the tackle for the Browns, he is going to be out, I believe, for the rest of the season with a some sort of injury. But I I seen that uh, today. Um, with uh, that's going to be a, a crucial loss where they have three offensive line starters out uh, currently right now versus that Bears defense, which is really eating at the line right now. So. I'm sure they're licking their lips, just waiting Montez Sweat to freaking break Joe Flacco's spine in half <laughs> back there. Uh, Mr. Statue playing quarterback. Uh, but um, we can go to the Dolphins who signed uh, the veteran pass rusher Melvin Ingram. I know he was with the team, was it last year, Josh? I think it was last year uh, he was with the team. Uh, coming back again for the uh, late playoff run, playoff push. As Aram uh, mentioned earlier, uh, they're going to be starting Mullins and um, in the next game, and it, it really just looks like a like another like Kirk uh, back there, and I I think that's what they want in this offense. That's that's what they want. That's what what has been working for the last year or so, and it seems like that's just the key to the offense is just step back, one two three, shoot, throw into the spot where the receiver is and most of the time uh it's reliant on the receivers to get open and, and you just got to make the pass and um i think mullins can can do that pretty effectively as we've seen in his one drive in the game led down and got uh you know the game winning uh, kick there but uh tyreek hill is day-to-day with that injury as josh mentioned uh williams off for the season with the torn acl Obviously not a good thing going for uh, the Dolphins right now, and that really is a uh, big injury scare to millions and billions of fantasy owners around the world as well who are um, looking at their season possibly collapse going into the playoffs uh, like myself, uh, which is very sad. But um, we could talk about Al Michaels getting dropped from uh, the playoff coverage, which is not really shocking if anyone has been following uh, the football uh, announcing game the last few years. He got moved out of the NBC slot, whether he left or not. Um, but he is now in the Thursday night slot, and he does not sound very intrigued by the games that he calls. Uh, not very happy. So, I mean, it's not it's not too shocking. I mean, he's been around for a long time, and um, I think it's just a way to get young, more energetic announcers in there that have – uh, maybe not seen it all as he, uh, you know, says quite frequently during his uh, games that he says. Um, Herbert, another fantasy, probably shocked too many fantasy owners everywhere, like a rum. Uh, but he he's going to be going season-ending finger surgery, uh, finger surgery, which is just crazy to see. He's on his other hand, the, this poor guy and his fingers have taken a beating this year. Uh, he's going to be out. For the rest of the season, um, yeah, but that's uh, that's pretty much just a, a lot of the news there. Um, uh, Rob, I don't know if you if you have anything else that you've seen uh, or would would want to talk about. No, I I don't think so. I think uh, you covered a lot there. Um, I won't go over the picks yet because our regular season is not over. Um, what we can do? Oh, 
I, Park, I don't know if you mentioned this about the the hip drop, whatever tackle. Um, Goodell, I think, mentioned today that he is likely going to be banning those types of tackles. So we'll see what types of rolls they'll be making with the hip drop. Drop that was obviously uh, the tackle that Tyreek got hurt on, and we've seen a lot of injuries with those types of tackles as well. So, um, yeah, that that should make for some interesting uh, officiating. Um, just makes their job even harder when they can't even do the simple things right, like Chorington said. Something that would usually take, uh, I think, what he say, five seconds. He's taking five minutes um, on the field. So uh, maybe we're being too harsh on the refs, but maybe we're not. So um, moving on, we will go ahead and predict the Week 15 slate here. We'll start with the Chargers and the Raiders. Uh, Easton Stick, uh, a guy who should really be playing hockey and not football, uh, Easton Stitch is going to be leading the Chargers to Vegas. Um, okay. Two five and eight teams, two teams that are likely out of it um, right now. Uh, Tony, the Vegas Raiders are favored to win by three, and they don't even know who they're starting a quarterback. Right. And they got shut out last week. Pretty wild. Um, I guess I'll take the, uh, the hockey player. Um, don't have a lot of faith, but I'll take the Chargers plus three on the road. How about you, Josh? Uh, sick as it sounds, I think I'm going to go with the Raiders here. Uh, I feel like Herbert kind of bailed out that offense a good bit. And uh, without him or Keenan Allen, I'll, I don't have a lot of faith in uh, Mr. Stick. So uh, I'll take the Raiders here. Yeah, the Raiders, to me, looked broken. I thought Easton Stick, when he had a chance last week, he fumbled the ball a couple times, but he was throwing it down the field. He'll be without uh, Keenan Allen, obviously, but um, I'm going to predict something here. I think Quentin Johnston will hold on to a ball and fall into the end zone for a touchdown this week. I am predicting a Johnston touchdown, and the Chargers will win on the road. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I said last week uh, about the Vikings and Raiders game, I said Battle of the Mids, and I mean, I, I don't know how I called it so perfectly, but I mean, that was an unbelievable uh, crystal ball prediction right there. And look at that again this week. They throw me another alley-oop uh, for this one. This is another battle of the absolute mid. Uh, I think we're going to go with the Chargers uh, just based on the Raiders just looking so pathetic. It's scoring zero points. Fair enough. Um, we have, like I said, we have three Saturday games. So we are getting to the point of the year where we'll see some games every single weekday, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if we'll get that crazy. But uh, we have three Saturday games. Tony, we'll start with the Vikings traveling to Cincinnati uh, to face the Bengals, two seven and six teams. Um, right now, Cincinnati is serving to win by three points at home, Tony. Definitely. Uh, Mr. Zach Taylor's uh, strategy right now is uh, drink one more drink, rush in the stadium, and be as loud as you can humanly possibly be. Uh, so a great strategy there. Um, also, we will get to see Jamar versus Justin, so that'll be really, really cool to see those two uh, former college teammates kind of go at it on the field. Um, we'll see. Uh, I'm excited to watch. Well, I mean, I'll be at work while it's happening, but uh, I'll keep up with the game as best I can. Uh, obviously, I'm going to go with Cincinnati minus three. Um, yeah. Do, do you want to do it or should I give it to Josh next? 
Yeah, you send it to Josh, and then I'll go after him. I got to muster some thoughts. That's fair. All right, Josh. Um, Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. I feel like Browning has actually looked decent so far. No offense to the Vikings, but, you know, three points on the Raiders and kind of not knowing who your quarterback. Well, I guess it's Nick Mullins. You know that now, but I don't know. I, I just, I feel like I, I like the, I like the Bengals more in this one. Yeah, me too. Honestly, if I, if I wanted to break the game down, I would uh, talk about the pass rush for Cincinnati. I think, I don't know if we'll handle that fairly well. We'll be without our right tackle, Brad or Brian O'Neill. So, um, the pressure will be coming. Nick Mullins with not a lot of experience this year um, starting. I just, I, I personally hope as a fan we can move the ball down the field and make the game interesting. Uh, right now the Bengals are in playoff mode more than we are. They have the home field advantage in this game, and I'm going to dig them. I think they'll be riled up. I don't think they'll, I think they'll, they'll win by multiple scores. So I'll take the Bengals at home here, Parker. Who you got? Uh, um, I mean, I've never heard you talk so down about your team uh, before. I think I'll take the uh, I'll take the Bengals. We are seven and six. We are living a seven and six life, buddy. Um, moving on to the three thirty game, we have the Steelers who will be starting Kenny Pick or not Kenny Pickett. Sorry, Mitchell Trubisky against uh, the Colts in Indianapolis. True be true. Uh, we have the the Colts favored to win by one and a half here, Tones. I, uh, ooh, I mean, Indianapolis even got kind of rocked last week. Um, I guess I'll take Indy minus one and a half since they're at home, but that's kind of with like a little bit of hesitation. How about you, Josh? I like Indy at home as well. Yeah, I, I like Indy as well. I man, it feels like Mike Tomlin has lost his, uh, I don't know, his professionalism. He's just kind of just skating by at this point. Um, as, a, as a good coach. I just think he has guys that are immature. I mean, Pickens is not even running around. He's not, he's not blocking. He doesn't care. He's throwing, uh, you know, tantrums on the sideline. He he doesn't have control over, over his players. Um, and I think the, the Steelers are going to poo-poo their season away. I, I'll take the Colts. Parker, what you got? Yeah, somehow we'll be rolling with the Colts as well. Uh, I've never seen Mitch Trubisky um, do anything great uh, for our team, so... I wouldn't expect that to change for a different team. Uh, perfect. Moving on. We have a Saturday night game with the Lions hosting the Broncos right now. The Broncos are kind of on the heater for talking the last five to six weeks. Uh, but Detroit at home is still favored to win by four points, Stones. Definitely. Um, I think I'll take Detroit minus four. I think they right the ship a little bit. How about you, Josh? I could very well see the Broncos. Uh, making this a close game, or at least keeping it within four. Um, I'm gonna go with the Lions in this one at home, but I would not be surprised if Denver pulls the upset here. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, the Broncos have not been able to stop the run fairly well. They have improved a little bit the last few weeks, um, but I think the Lions will just run down their throats and uh, play a time possession game. Uh, from the Broncos, I will take the Lions. Parker, who you got? Yeah, this is a tough one. This this is a good one here. Um, I I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with the Broncos on the road. Uh, a crazy, crazy. Yeah, I just 
after watching the last half and yeah, they are not good. Um, I've watched a couple YouTube videos actually, as looking at their fans uh, go into turmoil is, is quite fun. But um, they were complaining about the ball, the not being able to get the ball to Jamison Williams, and uh, pretty much like their passing game just being like very one dimensional, two dimensional with two two guys, and how it's like it's kind of getting bottlenecked right now, and their their offense is kind of stalling. I mean, the run game, like you mentioned, is pretty good. Um, but I mean, to consistently do that for a whole game, uh, would be, you know, I don't know. So I, I think I'll go with the Broncos. Um, I think that, uh, Campbell's just going to get out coached. Do you think the Broncos, Broncos will actually win the game? Yes. Okay. I like that. That's juicy. I like that. Uh, Barker, we'll stay with you with this one. Um, where we're heading into the Sunday slate here. We have the Browns hosting the bears right now. Uh, they have a pretty close game here, but, uh, Cleveland winning by three points. You know, I'm, I might as well just hop on this train and try to ride it uh, here. I predicted the Bears last week uh, when they were not favored to win, and everyone else predicted the Lions to win. And I'm going to go with the Bears again um, this week. Uh, with the three multiple offensive linemen down and all the um, injuries that they're battling right now, um, I, I just think it's going to be hard to overcome. Uh, I know that they have a strong defense, but um, a mobile quarterback, you know, a pretty good run game. Uh, we have DJ Moore. I, I I like our chances in this one, so I, I think I'm going to go with the Bears. Yeah, we'll we'll go backwards on this one. I'll I'll take this one. Um, I, I right now the Bears are a hot team. They they're healthy. Um, and the Browns, they're like you said, Parker. They are kind of diminished at that offensive line. And right now, you do not want to get Joe Flacco on the move because he will not move um and the bears right now are attacking on that defensive line they look really really good um i think they did lose yeah neat in gawkway uh for the season so that, that is a tough blow but yeah, right. he, he broke his ankle yeah that um i'm not sure how much of an impact that will be i think he had a decent season if i'm right parker he was he was all right or he had a couple of stacks um i think he had maybe three or four which is you know pretty good i mean i guess but um he was a not a he was like a rotational guy anyway so those other guys you just have to pick it up yeah and i think i think justin fields take the, takes this game a little bit more personal um after the first start he had in cleveland i I think the Bears win this game. They're, they're a hot team, and right now Cleveland is—they're—they're they're a good team as well. But I think the the Bears are playing better football. I'm gonna take them on the road. Uh, Josh, you're next, and you can send it to Doge. All right. Um. Yeah. I mean, they like the Bears are kind of on a heater. Um. But we also saw Joe Flacco uh, pull out a dub last week. Uh. To be fair, they did. They did win, but they didn't particularly impress me either. So uh, I think I'll I'll take I'll take the Bears plus three. What about you, Tony? Definitely, yeah. I mean, it, it took a, a really special performance, I would say, from Joe Flacco for them to. And again, you, you know, it was the Jaguars, so you do have to kind of remember that they are, were a pretty good team as well. But I mean, all that and just to win by like four points. It, it's tough to see Joe try to replicate that two weeks in a row, so I think I'll I'll take the Bears as well, plus three on the road. Parker, you got our support, buddy. That's awesome. That's sick. 
Um, <laughs> moving, <laughs> moving on. Moving on, we have a NFC championship rematch from a few years ago. Now, now these two teams are six and seven. Uh, Brady is now retired, and Rodgers is now on another team and injured. So maybe records go into uh, starting quarterbacks. We have Baker Mayfield taking the Buccaneers into Lambeau Field to take on Jordan Love and the Packers. Um, the Packers just off of that embarrassing loss in New York. Uh, our favorite to win at home uh, by three and a half tones. I think I'll take the Packers minus three and a half. I don't. How about you, Josh? I think if it was in Tampa Bay, I would I would take the Bucks, but I'm going to go with the Packers at home here. Yeah, me too. Jordan Love has been doing kind of this all year, and then he had a, a stretch of games where he was really good, and then he just kind of crapped the bed again in New York, but uh, made up for it on that last drive. I think he has a good game here. I'll take the Pack. I bet. You know, I think I'm going to roll with the Bucks on this one. I think it all depends what kind of Jordan Love you get. And, um, I mean, he had a bad game last week. Yeah, maybe he had one good drive. But um, I think that, you know, Tampa Bay is fighting for their, I don't know, division right now. Um, I guess the Packers kind of are too. But, um, yeah, we're going to go with the Bucks on the road. Yeah, and I think the Buccaneers... They're in first place, if I'm not mistaken. I'm looking real quickly now. Yeah, Tampa Bay, they're in first place. So they have a whole division to play for. So uh, you'll definitely get their best. So uh, moving on, we have the Titans. Uh, off their upset win on Monday night, they will be hosting uh, the Texans, who will be coming in uh, probably with Davis Mills um, and a lot of other backups on offense and defense. So right now, the Tennessee Titans, I think the betters know this one. <laughs> Our favorite did win by, by two and a half, Tony. But do we see a Texans upset on the road? Unfortunately, I do not. Uh, I think they can carry a little bit of momentum. Um, so I'll take the Titans minus two and a half. How about you, Josh? Uh, fun fact, the Titans are set to wear the Houston Oilers uniforms right. this week. Uh, Houston, yeah. Uh, I think I'm, I'm going to take, uh, maybe I'm just salty. We lost to them. I'm going to take the Texans with Davis Nails. There you go. Yeah, I, I I saw enough at Davis Mills last year. It was not pretty, man. Oh my gosh! And, and I think the last time the Titans wore their uh, throwback jerseys, um, Will Levis was firing, firing on all cylinders. I think Hop. I, I'm changing. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing. I'm. I'm <laughs> I need like the, God, the Titans. I, I'm. I'm taking the, like. I'm. I'm trying to think rationally here, not emotionally. I'll. I'll take the Titans. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Titans as well. Daddy Parker, who you got? Yeah, there's no doubt about this one. We're going to be on the Titans. Yeah, it is uh, Derrick Henry season, and the Titans or the Texans will be facing him uh, two times in the next three weeks. So that'll be fun for them. Um, moving on, Josh, we'll start with you on this one. The Dolphins have a chance to get back on track against the team that they demolished a couple weeks ago with the Jets, who are five and eight. Uh, Miami is favored to win by eight and a half. Josh, don't know the status of Tyreek yet. Uh, the way it goes, he'll probably play. He'll start. He'll get banged up. He'll sit out for a bit. He'll come back and play later. Um, I'm gonna take the Jets plus eight and a half. We played against Tim Boyle last time. Zach Wilson was, for whatever reason, a gunslinger last week. Um, I don't think any of us picked the Jets last week. Maybe some of us did, and then they ended up dropping thirty or something. So. I know it's in Miami, 
I feel like part of me says the Dolphins should have a bounce back game. Part of me says same old Dolphins are going to struggle. And if we win, we'll squeak out like a three, four point win, maybe by a touchdown. And generally, I don't like taking favorites over seven if it's a divisional game anyway. So uh, I'm going to take the Jets plus plus eight and a half. Still think the Dolphins win, but could see them winning in a close one. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, uh, it's so tough to figure out the Jets right now. I'll take the safe pick. I'll go with the Dolphins. Uh, Tony, who you got? Then you can send it to Parker. Sounds good. Yeah, I think I'll take the Dolphins as well. If I had to bet money on it and kind of be like, who are you going to pick? Uh, I'll, I'll take my chances with the Dolphins. I'll take them to cover the eight and a half. How about you, Parker? Yeah, I think I'll roll with the Dolphins as well. Um, I think that you can get to the get to the Jets quite easily. Um, right now, they're kind of a way wishy-washy team. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Dolphins. Uh, perfect. Next up, we have uh, the Chiefs traveling to Gillette Stadium to base the Patriots, who are 3-10 and and likely to move on from Bill Belichick. Uh, right now, Casey's favored to win by 7.5, Tony. Uh, KC minus seven and a half. How about you, Josh? Um, right there with you. I'll take Kansas City. Uh, I'll take the Patriots with the points. They have been playing good defense. Um, I still think the Chiefs win though. Parker, who you got? Yeah, that's interesting. I think Kansas State is kind of closer than people would think. Yeah, I think I'll go with you, Rob. And the Chiefs' offense has not looked particularly well. Maybe they should start staying on sides a little more. Um. We have the Saints and the Giants uh, doing battle here. Oh, it's these two teams are just weird. Um, the Saints right now are favored to win by six right now. Tony at home, definitely. It feels like yeah, Josh is doing it. Uh, I feel like the only point to watch this game is for uh, Danny DeVito's son, Tommy DeVito. <laughs> uh, just kidding, but uh, but yeah, he's he's making some special stuff. I'll take. Uh, I'll take the Giants plus six on the road. I, I don't know. I just don't really trust the Saints. How about you, Josh? That's fair. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints at home. I don't know. Part of me says, like, Tommy DeVito's little win sanity run continues. Part of me says he's going to hit a wall like Josh Dobbs did. So I'm going to take the uh, Saints at home here. Yeah, the Magic seems to be... Uh... Wearing off on some of these NFL players. We'll see if that happens with uh, Mr. DeVito here. But I, I just don't trust the Saints. I mean, they they are getting booed at home. Unbelievable amounts. Like, I can't even explain how bad they are. At you won't that. They won't. Derek Carr could hurt every bone in his body. He will still be thrown out there in front of Jameis. I don't know why that is. I'm going to take the Giants. They, maybe they, they, they upset you back up, man. I, I told you. Yeah, that uh, I'll I'll take I'll take the Giants with the points, maybe an upset. I don't know if I want to predict that yet. But Pargo, you got? Yeah, I think I'll take the Giants as well. I feel like they're just finding ways. They're three and two in their last five games, and the Saints are so unpredictable. They they look like I don't, I don't know. They're like the they're one of the worst teams in the league that doesn't like have the worst record. I'll take the uh, Giants, I think. It's crazy because they're just so talented on offense. I just can't believe that they go three and out so many times and just struggle. But 
Um, moving on, we have uh, we have the Falcons facing the Panthers in Carolina, and Atlanta's never did one by only three on the road, Tones. Ooh. Tells you what they think about Atlanta too. God, please. um, I'll take I'll take Atlanta. I don't know. It just again, there's not not really anything to be super other than like Bryce Young. I it, I don't know. Oh yeah, I'll take Atlanta. How about you, Josh? Yeah, like part of it says you know maybe the Panthers can actually squeak one out at home. Right, their one win came against the Texans at home. Oddly enough, um, like I said, part of me wants to say, ah, hopefully they can, they can pull it together. But realistically, I like I can't in good faith take a one and twelve team. Um, so I'll I'll take the I'll take the Falcons here. Yeah, I'll, I'm weighing two things here. If I was living in. Uh, North Carolina, Josh. I'm waiting. Either I can get a sub from Jersey Mike's or any subway shops uh, around that area, or I can go to the game. They're both around $12. I think I would go with the sub on this one. I will take Atlanta on the road, but this is just, uh, like you said, Parker, uh, mediocre football at its best. Uh, who, who you got here? The tank job is on. Start that baby up. We're keeping that thing rolling. The Falcons are winning this game. There's no doubt about it. Perfect. And I was actually the Bears. Geez. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually thinking so hard about what I was gonna say. I I forgot your guys' pick, Josh and Tony. Are you guys both taking Atlanta? Yes. Roger that. Uh, moving on, we have some uh, three uh, o'clock slot here. Uh, the Rams hosting the Commanders. The Rams are still in a playoff spot. They still have a lot to play for while the Commies are, are slowly drifting away into the abyss. Uh, we have the Rams favorited to win by six and a half toads. And I will take the Rams by that minus six and a half at home. How about you, Josh? Uh, I like the Rams as well. Sneaky good game here. I think the Commanders will make it close. Will it be six and a half within six and a half? Oh, I can't do it. I'll take the Rams at home. Parker, who you got? I'll be rolling with Puka and the Rams as well. The Washington Commanders are, I mean, they're all but dead in the water as well. I think they have a top five pick right now, so I, I don't, I, I wouldn't uh, expect that to uh, change. Yeah, speaking about dead in the water, we have the Cardinals hosting the Niners right now. The Niners have favored to win by 12 and a half tones on the road. Ooh. I'll take that spread at the San Francisco minus 12 and a half. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I think they beat him about 20 last time. I'll take the 49ers here. I have to talk in, uh, talk this game into existence of being close because I have Kyler Murray starting. I am very, very iffy about this one, but I'm going to say that the Cardinals keep it close. I don't think they win the game, obviously, but I think they'll keep it within 12 and a half. Parker, we got I'm gonna go with San Francisco. They're they're rolling right now. Oh, they're looking really good. Cardinals are they're very dead in the water. Um, yeah, I'm trying my my best here to hold on to hope for my team. But um, moving on, we have maybe a pretty good game here on tap. We have the Bills hosting the Cowboys. I wish it was Trayvon Diggs versus Stephon Diggs, but that is not happening this year. We have Buffalo actually favored to win at home, Tony, by two and a half against the Cowboys. Definitely that that. 
cold weather as well as I mean, just it seems like a lot of momentum uh, from Buffalo getting that win, and then you just get you're gonna get a really tough football team when you play Buffalo. Um, I think I'm still gonna take Dallas plus two and a half on the road, but I could definitely see this being a very close nail biter. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Dallas as well. I mean, I can see like Buffalo at home. I feel like uh, it's you know, they're gonna be tough to beat. It's gonna be a good game. I'm kind of surprised I didn't flex it in uh, prime time, but uh, true. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. Uh man. Um, the, I, I took the Dallas Cowboys last last week because they were on a heater. And low key, I think the Bills they're, they're five to two at home. The Cowboys have some issues away from home. I'm gonna take the Bills at home to win the game. I, I think uh, urgency is is a thing in a football team, and I think uh, the Bills have that urgency right now. No, I'll take them at home. Parker, who you got? Yeah, they're definitely playing a lot uh, a lot better. They're kind of under the radar uh, right now. Uh, strangely enough, uh, like they're not that good. But they're like not that bad, so like no one's really talking about them. But they're playing good of these last couple of weeks. Um, Josh Allen seems to be playing better. Um, I think we're gonna go. Oh man, this is tough. I, I think I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. Actually, they are, they are on a heater. They're looking really good. Yeah, they are. This 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 game should have been flexed into Sunday Night Football. Instead, uh, we have an okay matchup. Um, we have the Jags hosting the Ravens. Um, right now the Ravens are favored to win by three on the road. And if I can remind you guys, last year they um played each other and that was the game where Lamar kinda uh poo-pooed the game away. I don't know if it was him, but it was the Ravens in general that screwed the game up and uh the Jaguars ended up winning that game last year. Uh, maybe they're looking for some revenge. But right now, Tony, uh Baltimore minus three on the road. Oh. I think I'll take the Ravens. I wanna I wanna kinda take the Jags at home and maybe have them kinda get back on track. But I don't know. The Ravens just seem really, really good right now. Odell's on a really good stretch. I'll take Baltimore minus three. How about you, Josh? I'm right there. I like the Ravens here. I do too, man. I just, they're gonna stop ETN and they're basically gonna force Trevor Lawrence to throw and don't know about that. I'll take Baltimore. Barker. Yeah, so I'm going to be rolling with the Ravens as well. Uh, moving on, we are heading into Seattle, where the Seahawks will be hosting the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Uh, the Eagles are favored to win on the road by four tones. I'll take, I'll take Philadelphia. I'll take the favorite. I'll be Josh. Well, I'll take the Eagles as well. I will as well. I think they need to get back on track. Parker, who you got? Eagles. Eagles all the way. All right, Josh. Um, out first, before we get into our fantasy segment, we got to recap uh, last week's picks. Uh, Tony, you had seven. Josh, you led the week with nine. Um, I had seven, and Parker had eight as the runner-up. So congratulations, Josh. Uh, your present for that will be to recap, or not recap, but just talk fantasy football as we head into the playoffs here. Wait, um, and one other cool thing that I saw on, on uh, social media earlier this week was that... Uh, think they said like 30 teams technically still have a chance at a playoff spot like i think only the patriots and panthers are mathematically eliminated um so it's uh it's pretty cool that like you know we're in what like week 15 or whatever it is and we're actually still getting 
competitive games. Um, so a couple quick uh, quick pickups for uh, fantasy football at the quarterback spot. Uh, number one for me, a guy that I picked up with the C.J. Stroud news, uh, Matt Stafford. I feel like he's the best bet um, of the free agent pool for the quarterbacks. He might not be available in a lot of leagues. If he's not, honestly, I kind of like uh, I like Jake Browning. I feel like uh, I feel like he's he's had a couple good weeks here. You know, at least in terms of fantasy. So. Think I'm willing to take my chances with him, and if you really want to, I guess you could go a little safer with a guy like Minshew. I don't know if that's really safer. You've got like the feel good stories kind of right now with like Flacco or Tommy DeVito. Maybe you want to take a chance on Easton Stick. Personally, I'm not touching any of those guys. Um, but. Uh, moving on to the running backs, number one for me. I feel like I've mentioned his name a lot lately, but Ty Chandler's number one for me. Um, number two for for me personally is Zamir White. Just with the Josh Jacobs news, uh, it's going to be Zamir White and probably Amir Abdullah. And I think Zamir White's going to get the bulk of the carries. So um, I'm taking Zamir White. Uh, Deontay Foreman's available. Think he's worth consideration. That's, I mean, that, that's really it for the most part. Like, maybe you take your pick with the Chiefs running backs if you want to worry. If you want to deal with McKinnon or Edwards Hilaire, I don't know if I personally want to play that game. Um, you could maybe take your chances on a guy like Rico Dowdle. I don't know if I'd want to take my chances on him either. Um, but, uh, that's, that's pretty much all the guys I've got for the running backs for, uh, for wide receivers. I feel like Tony kind of just mentioned them, but Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ has, uh, he's, he's been pretty decent as of late. So I feel like he's, uh, worth a pickup. Uh, um, Zay Jones, I think could also be, uh, worth consideration. I don't know if Christian Kirk is playing this week or not. Um, Okay, if he's not, then I think Zay Jones is definitely worth uh, consideration. Similarly, I like Curtis Samuel. Um, I don't well, I don't, I don't think there's any injuries there like Dotson or McLaurin, but Samuel seems to be one of the more consistent, I guess, of the three. Um, so I like him. Texans receivers, uh, Noah Brown maybe. I don't know if I really trust any of them too much with Davis Mills, but uh, I think could be worth a shot. If you're really into the Tommy DeVito hype, I feel like you could take a shot on uh, on Jalen Hyatt. Um, I also think it's worth consideration uh, Quentin Johnson just with the with the uh, injuries to uh, to Keenan Allen. They think. Uh, he could be worth a shot, and if you trust Saram, he's going to score a touchdown this week. So uh, I think he could be worth the pickup. And then lastly, at the tight end spot, uh, number one for me, Isaiah Likely. I had him on my bench last week, and he put up 19. Um, it, it does feel like he's seeing, he's, I guess, coming into his own in his role uh, with Mark Andrews out. So I think he could be worth the pickup. Um 
another sneaky one for me. He's a he's a Clemson guy. Um, with side note, shout out to a Clemson men's soccer for winning the Natty this week. But uh, Davis Allen, um, he caught a touchdown last week with the Rams, and I feel like uh, he could see his usage increase. So I, I think uh, Davis Allen could be uh, could be worth the pickup. Other than that, not a ton of options that I really like. Maybe like a Gerald Everett or Logan Thomas, but uh, that's that's pretty much it for me. And uh, with playoffs coming up, I will say I think it is worth considering uh, playoff schedules now, especially. Um, and so it wouldn't be a bad idea to start looking at defenses um, and maybe picking up two, maybe three, depending on how good your team is, um, and just trying to play matchups the last couple weeks, you know? Uh, I think the Eagles play the Giants twice in the last three weeks. You know, maybe you want to pick them up. Any team that plays the Panthers in the last three weeks, I feel like. Um, I think the Jaguars have a pretty easy schedule the last three weeks, so um, definitely would look into uh, some defenses and uh, maybe stashing multiple for a, for a playoff run here. And uh, that's that's all I've got for fantasy. Also, maybe something sneaky is uh, Tennessee's defense against Davis Mill, Davis Mills, and the the, the banked up Texans. Who knows? Um, Doc, before we sign out, I got to hear about your teams, buddy. Have you made any playoff appearances this year? Um, so far it's uh it's all right. I think I've made the I've made the I've made the top bracket, and uh, I think four out of five. And uh, I'm in some interesting uh, situations, some hypotheticals for the fifth one. Um, I think I'm in a must-win situation this week. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But I think for the most part, um, I think I'm in, a, I'm in a pretty good spot. Well, that's some good stuff. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, we have uh, some... We have a Thursday game, we have three Saturday games, and then our Sunday slate with our Monday slate following that. Um, Until then, we will talk to you guys on the next episode of the Yeah Guys Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.